all the pastors, like uh, fingers on a hand that mold clay. Definitely, many of us all, we could say so many things and we could speak so many things how you just definitely molded our lives and made this place like a greenhouse and nurtured us and just definitely did so many things to us. And I know that we all could say many stories and we could say many things, but only God knows the reward you guys got because it's great. Amen. Ah, praise God. All right. Uh, we, we starting now? <laughs> wow. How's everybody doing? Everybody's all right? Everybody's good? Ready for some uh, some pang? Here's some word. Uh, did I say that right? Pang? I'm Spanish. I don't even know Spanish. Right? It's, it's my mother's fault. <laughs> my mother's not here, so you know I can say that. All right, let's get to it. Let's get right to it. I'm just going to open up with the scripture. For time's sake, we're just going to blow through this and we're going to kick the enemy in the behind. My friend Fluff is in the house. Where's Fluff at? There you go. Old time friend. Back in the days. Made my day. Made my day. All right. I'm going to read from Zechariah. Chapter 3. Zechariah chapter. Okay. Zechariah chapter 3. Just start with verse 1. My iPhone is loading. What do I do now, Pastor George? (laughs) Need some fathering. I got to get a page Bible. Anybody got a page Bible? There we go. Oh, he got an iPad. Upgrade. All right, here we go. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin 
and I will put fine garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you a place among these standing here. Among these standing here. So what we have here is a a situation that's going on with the high priest of the time called Joshua. Joshua had a beef with Satan. Satan was accusing him. Joshua, you know, you're this. And Joshua, you know, you're that. And Joshua, look at your clothes. Joshua, they're filthy. They're dirty. They're slimy. It's because of the way you were walking when you were young. It's because of the way that you're living now. How could you stand before the Lord in such raiment? And Joshua was looking at the situation according to the words of the enemy. So for me in my own life, I can understand how the high priest Joshua felt. Because for me growing up, it wasn't so easy. Even teenage years wasn't so easy. Even man stages is not so easy. Because some of the times I sense everywhere I go, an accusing voice making me seem like there's something wrong that I'm doing. Even Jesus in his ministry was always opposed with the religious crowd, with the Pharisees, and they were always accusing him of doing something wrong when he was about his father's business. Even with Paul, the apostle, even with all the, 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 um, the disciples, they had to confront this kind of a tactic of the enemy, a spirit of accusation. So this day before you, I tell you a vision that I saw God lifting up the face of someone full of shame and guilt by the chin. And in this day, that's what he's going to do for you. Because many of us walk around not knowing why we're under condemnation. Not knowing why we feel guilty all the time. Not knowing why we're going through such, such mental stress because we keep focusing on the things that we shouldn't keep focusing on. And that's the accusing voice that keeps flying around. So for me growing up, I can understand Joshua. Because in a family, in a household, my father wasn't there. And my mother would always, she, she would say things like, you know, she didn't mean it and she saves now, but at that time she would say, you know, you're stupid. You know, you, 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 you're stupid, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid. And that just kept playing in my mind, am I stupid, am I stupid, am I stupid? And every time I did something wrong, I would say, oh man, I'm stupid. Therefore, I was beginning to own the words of my mother and I would begin to be conformed to the image of what she said I was. 
I was being conformed to that. And everything that I did, I felt that I was stupid. I felt that I was wrong. We would, we would always be bugging out on the block, me and Fluffy and them. And, and a lot of the times, I would say, okay, let me find my place. Let me find my own identity. I got to conform into a place where I feel like I'm accepted. I got to conform to a place where I feel I'm approved. Where am I going to find the love that I need? Where am I going to find a, a word of approval? So what I did was, I stretched out myself. And like Joshua, he had filthy clothes. And I began to put on my own personality. And I began to say, you know what? I'm somebody. Nobody going to call me stupid. They're going to get smacked in the face. I'm going to knock somebody out. They say something like that. I'm standing up for myself. Now I'm going to perform some surgery on some people now. But now all of a sudden I'm walking in an identity and a personality that's too big for me. And a lot of us, we're putting on this personality. Like our fathers and our mothers, they say, no, you got a B, but you can get a B plus. Dad, I got a B plus. No, you got a B plus, but now you can get an A. Dad, I got an A. Look, no, you got an A. Now you can get an A plus. Dad, I got an A plus. And then he moves away. Dad, why, why are you not loving me? Why are you not accepting me? I'm trying to prove to you what you want. And all of a sudden, I still feel here rejected. There's a story of a pastor who felt that way. And as he put this big jacket on, he was involved with ministry. Planting church after church after church after church. And he was so successful in the eyes of, uh, of people because of his ministry kept growing and he kept producing and reproducing. And he just had this drive that he couldn't stop and he just wanted to keep going and he wanted to keep going until somebody stopped him and said, hey, why don't, well, why do you keep doing this? What's going on? Why are you continuing to keep planting churches with such a, a fierce drive like that? Sometimes it feels unhealthy. But when he searched his own heart, he realized it was for the hand clap of his own father. He realized it was for the smile of his dad. And a lot of the times we wear in this jacket of performance. And me growing up, I try to perform before my friends and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever we're going to do, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And then all of a sudden I started putting on the silliness, yeah, yo, y'all make y'all laugh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, y'all like that, right, y'all like that, y'all like that, y'all like that, oh, snap, oh, yo, you want to snap, oh, your mother is so fat, yo, yo. And then we just started putting on this kind of a character, being conformed and putting on this character. But God doesn't want performers. He doesn't want actors. He doesn't want gestures. God wants sons and daughters. So I stood in this position for a while trying to find myself. And I realized that this is too big for me. This is not me. 
I'm performing and performing, and many of us, we go through life performing because of the rejection of our parents, the rejection of our father. We continue to hear the words of our fathers going on, the words of our mothers going on, and we say, I'm going to perform, and I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to be successful. And when we get successful, we don't have the drive in our heart. We don't have that hope filled in our heart. We continue to keep going, and we say, you know what? I'm successful here, and I'm successful there, but not realizing we're doing it for the hand clap of our fathers why God why am I not loved and cherished by my father and my mother why am I not their beloved I know what I'm going to go out on the street or I'm going to get some I'm going to get a boob job Oh, I'm going to go put on this mask right there and hang out with these guys because I know that these guys, you know, they'll give me attention because they like what they see. Just like the woman at the well, when she tried and she tried to find her place because of her rejection, she had five men. So whether it's five men, five cats, five drinks, five donuts, five will not keep you alive unless it's the five of the grace of God bringing you to the heart of God. So this jacket is just too big for me. I'm tired of performing. I can't perform in front of people no more. I'm tired of trying to make an impression in front of you because I can't take it no more. It's like, you know, I'm not even getting paid for it. It's like I'm acting. I'm in acting class. I just can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) Ah, I get a little lighter and you feel a little bit more freer, but then you still sense that accusing voice. You're not good enough. Oh, you see, you messed up again. So then all of a sudden, I try to put on another personality or or identity. There I go. Oh, there I go. I feel a little better. God. But I still feel the rejection. I, I don't know I don't know what's going on. I mean, how come how come I'm still feeling this, God? I mean, my jacket is on, God. I mean, I still feel like I, I, I need some a, a, approval. I still feel like I need some love, God. I, I, what do I do? What do I do? Okay, let me see. Let me see. I performed with the other jacket. It's too much for me. Okay, you know what? This is what I'll do. I'm going to be insecure. I'm going to be small in the eyes of people. You know what? I'm going to be a little bit more timid. I'm going to be timid because maybe, you know, being a Christian is being nice. Until I realize that niceness is not godliness. And because of my need to be needed by you, I allow you to walk all over me. 
Oh my God, God, that rejection hurts. I can't allow that to happen. How come I'm, how come I'm allowing these things in my life now? Now, now all of a sudden I'm putting on this false humility? Oh God, I, I, I'm pretending to be humble in front of people, God. I, 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 I need, I need them, God. I need them in my life. I, I, you know, they can step all over me. They can call me this and that, but I'll still be nice. And, you know, in, in secretly in my heart, I, I still feel like I still need that acceptance and that love because even though I'm trying, I'm pushing myself on them and they're walking away from me. It looks like you know what, let me, let, me, let me try to bring more of an impression on them. And, oh, God, they don't, they don't like my impressions, God. They keep moving away from me. So you know what, I'm just going to sit here and be a little bit more timid, God. I'm too timid. And the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of Miguel, he comes across and he says, You see, you see, I told you you were stupid. Everybody's around you. And what do they want to do? They want to talk with each other. They want to go uh, in other directions. They don't want to stay with you. They don't want to hang with you. And then all of a sudden I get into a little hovel. And all of a sudden I turn my mind inward. And I start looking at my own heart. And I say, yeah, there must be something wrong with me. And then I try to fix myself inside. And when I realize I got no power to change my own thoughts. No power to change my own mind. I have no power to change things inside of me. And all of a sudden I start creating a mental hovel. A mental stronghold. A protection that I go to where I start to daydream. Like, God, could it be a better side of this? But there's no escaping. It feels like sometimes I'm going crazy. It feels like I'm talking to myself too much. Like there's voices going on. I can't shut the voices off. I go to sleep and I can't stop the voices when I'm sleeping. I I just can't stop it, God. What's going on? But every time we look for someone else to be our strength, for someone else to be our God. We bring ourselves down a slope that's a razor blade hill. If that made any sense. So I say, you know what? This little rejection over here, you know what? I, I tried everything. I even been to jail, God. You know, I went, I went to jail because I tried to, you know, I didn't want to write my man out. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do that to him because I loved him. You know, I put it down for him. You know what I mean? But I, 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 I didn't want to go out like, I, I did five years for him, God. And no letters. I keep going home and my mother keeps manipulating and saying, that I don't love her. If I love her, I'll do these things for her. I go home to my, to my household and I not, I hear my husband saying, you know what? Sit down. If you love me, you'll do these things and you'll do that thing. I go to my friends and my friends say, come to the party. If you love me, you come to the party. So I'm doing everything to please these people, God, but I'm not feeling the acceptance I need. I gotta take it off. If I could. I'm tired of this yellow, making me a yellow belly, fearful of everything that goes on, like a little cat, you know. I'm not timid. The Bible didn't give me a spirit of fear. 
He gave me the spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of a sound mind. Why should I yield to something that doesn't belong to me and own that when I can have everything that you say I can have? Because you are my love. So through life, I'm wrestling, trying to find my place and my, and my, and my identity. I'm like Zachariah, sitting there just filthy. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm trying everything. I'm under the condemnation, God. I'm in church. I'm in leadership. I'm in ministry. And I'm trying everything. I'm trying everything you want me to do. I don't see the results. But I still feel guilty. I still feel ashamed, God. Why am I ashamed? I'm supposed to have freedom in you. I'm supposed to have life in you. But all I do is sense this accusation all around me all the time, making me feel like everything is wrong that I'm doing. Until God says, take my robe. It's blue. Like he told Zechariah, See? Joshua, I mean. See? God has to open our eyes to what we already have in Him. We have to see the provision already made for us. See, Joshua? I gave you clothing and a raiment, it's the robe of righteousness. You got to realize. In my eyes, regardless of the way you see yourself is the way, it's not the way that I see you. I see you the way I see myself. Because since I died for you and covered you by my blood and I've made you what I am, I call you the new creature that you are. So step into what you are, the righteousness. Righteousness meaning you right with me. You right with me. Come on, let's walk together. There's nothing wrong with you. But every time you continue to look at that accusing voice, it continues to bring you into that kind of conformity. But if you look at what I'm saying here, if you look at what you are, the righteous role, let me explain to you for a minute. Joshua, my son. CJ, my son. You want to be obedient? Obedience is what I can do in your situation, not what you're trying to do in your situation. That comes with the righteousness on you. You want to perform? Performance is what I'm putting forth, what I'm performing in your life, not what you're working up by your own mentality to perform with your own strength. You want to be in ministry? And you want to be stressed? Relax. Stressed and ministry. If you're stressed, you're not really trusting me. You don't want to pray? You don't want to get in this ministry when I'm calling you? You don't want to do that when I'm calling you? You're self-conscious. Let me, re- let me help you with something. Ministry is not releasing your ability. Ministry is releasing the gift in you, which is my spirit. So relax and learn how to trust 
in what's inside of you so that it can be released outside of you. You afraid of failure? Check this out with this rope. What if failure is just God's is just God's babies learning how to walk? You think I'm afraid of your sin? You think I'm afraid of what you're going through? I brought you to my side that you may partake of everything that I have. But I need to lift up your head to see because you're looking in the opposite direction. So here I am. Learning what I am. This is my identity, God. Help me grow in what I am. I am the new creature. So if I continue to see God, I continue to see what I am. If I continue to put this on and walk with this, it doesn't matter what you think of me anymore. Because I'm God's beloved. I'm God's favorite. Emmanuel is with me, God with us. He would always be here and help me. Always be here to save me. He would always be here. And so just like the book of Acts, just like the book of Acts, this comes with power. Where I can step into a room and the atmosphere of my, my righteousness just changes everything. So I'm going to show you something about the power of the book of Acts when I got the robe on. Every Passover is like this in Jerusalem. Noise, smells, moments. Not a room to be had. Not unless you're a shrewd businessman. A gold coin will turn ahead every time. And I'm here every Passover. But <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not a religious Jew. I'm a rich one. No better time than the Passover to turn a prophet. Every corner of the earth meets in Jerusalem. Especially during the Passover. Some said we would be next. The Romans will come for us. But we waited. Jesus had commanded for us to wait. The promise, the comforter will come. Hundreds of people saw him rise from his father. Hundreds heard his command to wait. To wait. But only 120 of us were waiting. The longer we waited, the harder it seemed. The Romans said someone had stolen the body. We were the rebellion. We were to be crushed. They said my son was a fatherless child. A criminal, a heretic. We waited. We didn't even know what for. But we waited. Hour after hour. Day after day. Some would pray. Others paced the floor. At night, it seemed we sat amidst the universe. Waiting for a moment, a promise, a hope in the stillness. 
It seemed we were on edge of a mighty revolution. We sensed it. We knew, we knew, we knew. But we had no idea what it was. But the air was full of it. Anticipation for something beyond our own understanding. We were exhausted. The pressure seemed to be crushing us. I remember a little girl saying, Hear the wind? Do you hear the wind? The sound. It grew louder and louder. It seemed to be descending all around us. The sound was deafening. But not a hair on our heads moved. Those Galileans, drunken fools, making such a ruckus. The disturbance was so great that thousands gathered around to see what these desperate men of the foolish rebellion were talking about. Everyone knew that their Messiah, Jesus, had been crucified, but there was a rumor that he had ascended from earth into heaven. Will they stop at nothing? So, naturally, everyone turned up to see what they were going to do. And what a sideshow. James, son of Zebedee, was beheaded in Jerusalem. Matthew suffered martyrdom in Ethiopia, killed by a Mark died in Alexandria, Egypt, after being dragged through the streets by horses until he was dead. Luke was hanged in Greece as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. Peter, crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross in Rome, because he told his tormentors that he felt unworthy to die in the same way that Jesus had died. James the Just, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown over a hundred feet from the southeast pinnacle of the temple when he refused to deny his faith in Jesus Christ. When they discovered that they had survived the fall, his enemies picked up a club and beat him to death. This was the same pinnacle where Satan took Jesus during the temptation. Philip, crucified. Thomas, speared to death in India. Matthias, the apostle who chose to replace Judas Iscariot, was stoned and then beheaded. And as for me, John, I faced martyrdom in a boiling basin of oil in Rome. I was miraculously delivered from death. I was exiled to the prison mine of Patmos where I wrote my beloved letters to the church. The revelation. You who now live in the final hour, remember our story. Do not neglect the promise, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Do not refuse this wonderful gift from God. Be empowered. Be comforted. Let the light of God be your strength and boldness to help you face the world and change it. No matter what the cost. Praise God. Basically on this day now, if you're tired of the self-doubt, you're tired of the timidity, you're tired of wrestling with the yellow jacket of timidity and false humility or tired of wrestling with the performance and trying to keep your name out there. You just, you just want to step into it. Well, this is a free gift for you. You don't have to earn this or work for this. This was bought for you. And so what we want to do now, this comes with everything you need. This guards your heart. The Bible says the breastplate of righteousness. It covers your heart. It covers how you feel. It covers you from being hit with the accusations of the enemy. It's our covering. The first ministry that we all have is the identity that we should step into, the righteousness that we should have in God. That's our first ministry. Everything else flows, flows out of who we are, not what we do, because if we do what we do in order to feel what we feel, then 
fill in the blanks. But all I'm saying is now, now's your time. Now it's time to break the accuser of the brethren. Now it's time to break his, his accusations that are constantly at your face. Sometimes you don't really just hear it. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Because a lot of the times when they say, stupid, you stupid, those, those words, feelings come about. And now sometimes we have to reverse that. We have to deal with the feeling. And then from the feeling, we got to go to the lie, that root. And we have to pull that root out. Because there's nothing wrong with you. You're not doing anything wrong. God is so in love with you. God is desperately in love with you. The Bible says that his thoughts towards you are more than the sands of the sea. He's constantly, you're constantly on his mind. He constantly wants you to realize what you are so that you can step in to the inheritance so that he can give you some of the things you're asking for. Because if we ask for certain things with a slave mentality, then if he gives it to us, then it comes, sometimes it would empower that mentality in us. It would empower that kind of a bondage. So he steps back and he says, I have to teach them what they are. Because this whole world waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Not of the false humility of God. Not of the religious of God. Not, the, not, not anything. But of God. So this is yours. Who will be bold enough to say, I'm going to worship you and I'm going to believe what your word says about me. Regardless of what I feel now. Regardless of what they said in my past, regardless of what's going on in my marriage, regardless of what's going on in my past, regardless of what's going on in my school, regardless of what's going on in college, regardless of what's going on in my job, regardless, I'm going to stand and not be moved by opinions of men, but I'm going to stand and be moved by the opinion of God. For God says, I am his beloved, that I stand here in the righteous robes of God. I am right in his eyes, and what can change that? So I'm done with performance. I'm done with being an actor. I'm done with being timid. I'm done with being a jester. I'm done with that because I've been doing it for your approval. Now I realize that I'm approved, stamped by God. Hallelujah. So like that vision said, when God picked up the chin of his beloved, when it was down full of shame, guilt, condemnation, I tell you, keep your chin up. Because you got this. Put it on. So right now, we just want to open up these altars. Because if you've been dealing with an accusing voice, a condemning voice, a guilty voice, a judgmental voice, what if judgmental, self-judgmental, what if just judging yourself is just realizing, wait, I'm slipping away. I realize that I'm the righteousness of God. What is that judging yourself? Not saying, oh, man, I'm stupid, man. Oh, man, look at me. I'm, I'm getting away. Forget about all of this. Let's realize the importance that what God had died for to give you doesn't lay on the roadside. But that we have the courage to take that up and look people in the face when they talk to us without any fear of judgment, without any fear of condemnation, and, and, and look at them and say, it don't matter how you think of me. I'm rolled, baby. 
and ain't nobody like me in this world. I got this robe, but I don't got watches inside. I got weapons inside. You want me to pull out love? I'll hit you with it. You want me to pull out patience? Because I can be that. Because God says obedience is not what I can do. It's what he can do in me as I yield. So God, I yield for you. I yield for you to become the patience I need right now. And they'll start crying out. They'll fall at your knees and they'll say, what is it about you? You say, I'm righteous. I'm right. I'm a son of God. So I want to encourage you right now. Let's deal with this enemy. The enemy that the Lord had dealt with for Joshua. Let's deal with that enemy now. And let's bend down. Let's receive and pick up our robe of righteousness. All right, Denny. So I want to encourage you. Come up. It don't have to be that. It could be any issue that you want. Any issue that you need prayer for. Anything that you're dealing with. Anything that's accusing. Any rejection. Because sometimes this spills over into our relationships and it destroys our relationships. Because we judge them because we say, oh, I feel this because it it, it reminds me of that. So this must be that. So I don't want you here. So I put up my walls and I won't let you in no more. I won't let you in no more. Sometimes we could actually minister from that hurting place. So, Father, I just thank you, O Lord God. I thank you for your people who are precious in your sight. I thank you, O Lord God, that we don't have to look to the left or to the right. That we can step down to the front and receive the garment of light. I got that bird anointing. But Father, if it's really true, and everything in in, in your word, every promise is yes and amen. Every promise is yes, yours is yours. You don't got to work for it. Just yield, receive, receive. Then here I come, God. More of God. We cry out deeper, God. I want to go deeper, God. I want to go. I want to go further in you. I want to know more of your love. I want to know more of your power. I want to know more of you. I want to have more of you in my life. But it's going to take you to push past your timidity. It's going to take you to push past the eyes of people on you when you should come to the front and receive your garments. And even when they put the the, the turban on his head, which said, holy to the Lord. Sometimes God has to touch our mindsets and change our mindsets.